calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This episode of the IGN UK podcast is sponsored by Xbox One X, the world's most powerful console. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast and Belegda to you. We've all gotten obsessed this week uh, with watching um, the woman from Little Mix, Jessie Jesse Nelson. Jessie Nelson uh, trying to do a Jamaican accent by saying the word Belegda. But it's so weird that it, now you guys are becoming obsessed with it because it's such an old... I've never well, seen I'm, it before. I revisited Ghosts from My Past and all they said was Belegda. <laughs> Belegda. <laughs> so I, it's like coming to the office and being like, yo, you guys heard this shit Gangnam style? <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. Guys, Fenton, let's talk. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's really weird. I just I was watching a compilation of Vine clips because I missed Vine and that was on there and I cried laughing at my desk. It, <laughs> it was, was a good time. It was a very R. good time. Vine. Uh, another good time that we've had, good segue, I'm good at this, segue. is uh, Cardi and I, and amongst others, watched the first half of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child last night. We're yep. watching the second half tonight. Ooh, I'm excited. Thoughts halfway through. <laughs> good. Overall, good. It's, good. It's weird. The best way I can describe Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which we booked tickets for over a year ago. I think we probably mentioned mad. it. I mean, insane. I jumped in a month ago because you had no idea who I was a year ago. Well, that so. is true. Um, yeah, actually, the, the best thing about it is, um, like, Alicia brought a friend and they were always coming together. Mm. Me and Gav bought our tickets for girlfriends we no longer have. <laughs> <laughs> so it's this weird thing where it's like, oh, well, Cardi and Creeper are our girlfriends now. Yeah. I hope they put out at the end of the night. And we but did. Maybe it's the prestige. <laughs> it's not enough for the, you to break up with them, but they have to come back. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Please don't come back. I think uh, we had a good time. Yeah, it was yeah. really nice. This is kind of a cool way of looking at it halfway through the show mm. and seeing how you feel. We can't even fully spoil it because it could be spoiled for us still yeah. at this point. Uh, like, it is basically a magic show dressed up as a play. Like, yeah. in a lot of ways. There's some amazing illusions and stuff in I it. I think the story, they're doing good things with the story. They've been braved on a time travel story. It's always good end. It's a bit, like, it, mad. It's a bit muddled. <laughs> There's a few times where I was just like... What? No, that doesn't make sense. What? DeLorean? What? Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> Hagrid like rolls up. <laughs> but no, Swap the effects. my bloody motorbike. They're brilliant, aren't they? Some uh, of the effects are... I, I think I've worked how they do a lot of them. There are still a couple. I'm just like, what just happened there? Top three I mean, magic tricks you've seen so far. In that. In her, not in life. In life, yeah. <laughs> 
Flower Moon uh, was pretty good. Uh, uh, I think my favourite, it's not the most complicated I think, my favourite is when they go, basically it's not a spoiler to say that they go through a telephone box to enter the Ministry of Magic. Oh yeah, that's, that a, one's that's an establishing. Cool. Yeah. So what you see, they all, they're all they always wearing a full robe with a hood up and they walk into this telephone box at the back of the stage and the telephone box starts flashing, which I realise in retrospect is definitely misdirection because yeah. you start looking at all the lights and stuff. Mm. And you'll notice that the the robe starts like sort of deflating. And, yeah. like, and when it first happened, I was like, oh, okay, so the robe's going to fall to the floor. They've gone through a trap door. Mm. They've definitely gone through a trap door. But what happens next is the robe gets sucked into the telephone box, like the phone itself, yeah. like a vacuum. It's and amazing. They did it once like that. And they did it once with three people in the phone box as well. I was just like, this is... three at once. Yeah, three people just... I think there was still one person in that robe though, if, if I'm going to... Oh, really? Yeah. What happens if you, what if you like get caught and you don't get your robe off in time and the, the well, telephone booth sucks you, know, you I in? Think, I think they dead. may have rehearsed You know when you it. hear those stories yeah. about people who get their organs sucked out their ass in swimming what, pools? I have How read those happened? stories. Yeah, Chuck, like they get too close to the fan in the pool and like all their organs Chuck, get sucked Chuck out their balls. All of Short them. story Guts, which nearly made me throw up when I was traveling around Australia once. I, I had to go and sit down in a corner and not think about uh, his description of sweet corn flowing around in the pool. Oh. It was horrible. I, um, I wonder if there's any r- reality in that. I reckon at least one person's had... Uh, a turd sucked out, maybe. their Some whole old. guts, <laughs> no. but like a very no. severe prolapse. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe partial <laughs> intestine. Really, yeah. You know. Or maybe it's just been chopped up. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. gone all chopped up. How'd you like that, listeners? And now they're a wizard. <laughs> if so you've yeah. ever had your gut sucked out your ass, IGN yeah. underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. I'm really looking forward to a part two, though, because part one ends really strongly. It really does. half an hour or so is amazing. The, um, the audience went absolutely insane. Like, we yeah. both looked at each other just like... I mean, it's I mean, good. <laughs> I was going to say, like, are either of you guys particularly big Harry I mean, Potter I've fans read or? them all. I've seen all the films. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy Harry Potter. I'm not, you know, I, I wouldn't call myself a Harry Potter massive. You call yourself yeah. a wizard. No, no. But well, certainly. you know, um, depends what you're talking about. <laughs> Football what? manager wizard. Absolutely. Oh, very, well, Blackburn. I'm table. taking Blackburn up uh, as a little favour to Creeper. I'm taking Blackburn to back Creeper. to the Premier League. Creeper's just it's sitting doing, well. Creeper's sitting doing actual work. Oh, yeah. cheers, Cardi. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, what? They've fake team still doing well good <laughs> four no up at rochdale mate how about that? <laughs> um, yeah i'm not like mega fan but i've always enjoyed it like i used to listen to the audiobooks to go to sleep it's very nostalgic to Ooh. me um so yeah it is cool like i stopped myself reading the script like because the script was available a year ago yeah i heard about that and i was yeah. like i'm not gonna read it i'm gonna wait for the show and i'm really glad i did yeah because there's a lot of sort of elements to it i knew that the very basic setup is about the kids of the famous people. Right. But I had no idea where that was going to go and what those kind of personalities were. Like, there's a lot of... Like, the kids have turned out in unexpected ways, which is really cool. Um, It's just fun, sort of. Very Mm. much. Very Nazi allegory. (laughs) Nazi, and if you were a Nazi wizard... (laughs) No way. No way. The one thing you, you... did mention as like one of the only cons is that the show is fantastic, but the acting's a bit acting touchy. is dodge. Yeah. Like, there's so a like, couple of great people. Yeah, the guy who Without, plays Malfoy's son is yeah. very good. Uh, and there's a fascinating centaur. Oh, Bane the centaur! <laughs> a centaur. Yeah, he, he has an interesting acting style. It's the most like. <laughs> It's the, the the most expensive pantomime horse that's ever existed, <laughs> at, but it's as stupid as a pantomime horse. Like yeah. you can't get over the fact that what you're seeing is a man bent down 
in the back of a horse. Oh, and God. like the best thing is the legs they haven't rehearsed it well enough so that the legs are in sync so it's like the horse is drunk like all his legs are moving around all wrong like he's doing this weird so shitty horse like, dance it is like the generic horse costume like two guys it, kind of yeah I mean it does look good it doesn't look bad it does look good but, but the, the effect the guy of it is still to, not good enough. right okay and the guy's kind of doing ho- he's speaking oh, horse but he's also accent. doing horse not horse accent but he's, he's doing like neighs in between his words he'll go like he's doing like you know like a horse does a big breath yeah. They'd just be like, oh, I've seen it in the stars. <laughs> <laughs> we were fucking pissing ourselves. It's so funny. It's supposed to be like a key. Well, I don't know if it's a key moment because I can't remember a word he said. There's, but there's this weird thing about it as well. Like, and this action, this is definitely J.K. Rowling's fault. <laughs> Bane the Centaur does this thing where Bane he's, like, as he's well. called Bane. It's <laughs> so funny. He, he, he like divines the stars and he's like oh there's a dark cloud around your sun Harry Potter right (laughs) but he never really explains what he's talking about and why he knows this oh like it's so cryptic and so in the next scene there's a scene where Harry Potter has to go I talk to Bane a centaur with very powerful divination skills (laughs) and it's so good I got it through context he searched his dark place (laughs) And he found stars. <laughs> that, and like that's the recurring problem is that every so often someone's acting is so bad or the writing is so ex like expositional that you just or expository or whatever that word is, you just yeah. like watch it just going, What is going on? Who are these people? No. Like I think they, they like, basically so Ron and Hermione have a daughter and pretty much at one point they go, But you're part wheezy, part Granger. <laughs> you're funny and you're smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, th- yeah, there's also the weird thing of Clearly, like, a lot of the show, the actors have to do, like, real, you know, like, magician's illusions and have to do, like, quite physical things like wire work and, like, really big, you know, moments of physical action. And I think they've had to choose, particularly with the child actors, they've had to choose kids who can do that first and act second. And so that means, like, Albus Potter, the lead character, can't act like no, not really. very well. well I mean, probably he's better than me. I'd say though. that. I'd say he's a better. He's a better Potter than me. I'd go that fair. far. He does look. There are a couple of bits where he looks startlingly like Daniel Radcliffe, yeah, and you're like, done well, well, I get that. Um, yeah, but yeah, and also when they change sets, there's these little. They the music comes up. There was one in Bad particular. Music as well. Yeah, there was one in particular. It was about a minute long. They're changing tables around, but it's like this like drum and bass number, and there's like these people dressed as widders, uh, wizards moving like chairs and tables. Pop and so, like, ease and, and it's like, <laughs> boom, sh, boom, sh, boom. They, they also <laughs> do a weird thing where, I, and I quite like the effect of it, but it is a bit silly where the stage hands come on wearing the hooded black robes, and every time they pick something up, they have to swoosh their robe over it. So that works for like a chair. Right, yeah. so they're swooshing the chair up and then the chair's gone with them. Oh, that's I quite see, a cool yeah, effect. Kind of cool. When it's a full table, <laughs> you see two people covered, yeah. like just swoosh a robe over it and then the rope just sort of like falls off really limply and then they just have to carry a table off really quickly. Yeah. Imagine so like dumb. a guy like spreading his cape like a bat trying to block everyone's <laughs> yeah. view. Yeah. Don't look at this! That's not a table! Don't look at the underbelly of the play! <laughs> it's so weird. It's all real, it's magic! The, the most annoying thing about the music to me is that Alicia and me before the show made a bet uh, that will be paid tonight in the form of a drink. Which, as I said, they'll definitely use the... Hedwig's theme. Music. Is that what it's called? Yeah. What's I it didn't called? know that was Hedwig's Hedwig. theme. 
theme. Why's yeah. a fucking owl got a theme? I know. Harry doesn't. Grow up, mate. Um, it, where's Bane's theme? <laughs> Hedwig's not even <laughs> where's in. Where's Bane the centaur's theme? <laughs> Hedwig's not even in the first movie for ages. <laughs> um, but uh, judging by the first part, that's never getting played, which means I have to buy Alicia a bloody drink. I don't know. It could be like the climactic oh. thing. It better be. Oh, that would be wicked. Yeah, oh, like, like the last minute you get shout. a pint as well. You just go, yes, one pint. Yeah. <laughs> get him in. One pint <laughs> for Gryffindor. <laughs> one pint for Gryffindor. Yeah. That's oh, quite that's good, quite right? good. And I'll let you have that one for free. You can scream it in her face <laughs> at the end of the show. Well, that's the best joke we're going to make about Harry Potter. So let's move on to something that Rory, Rory's done, which... Uh, what have you done? I mean, Ooh. this sounds weird. And it looked weird in the office yeah. when you were doing it. It looked really weird. Yeah, you look like a pervert. A little bit, yeah. It's, it's it's a game that a lot of people have been talking about recently online. That's how it like, came to my attention. We've been like talking about it a bit in the San Francisco office. So this is a game called Doki Doki Literature Club. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it's a game... Where, do you guys know what uh, uh, visual novels are? Yes. yes. It, is it kind of Danganronpa style? Because I've played a bit of those. From what I haven't played a lot of Danganronpa. Oh, okay. cool. But like... They're all very similar. It's yeah. essentially, especially these ones, which are like the romantic style ones. Like otome, otome. I think there's a there's a specific word for the romance ones. Yeah, where it's essentially it's a click through adventure game where you read the dialogue boxes, make some choices, and eventually you will go on dates with a bunch of guys or girls and fall in love with one of the main characters by the decisions that you make you in get the to game. Take What's it like? Their clothes off. What's it like? <laughs> What's it like to love? Um, but immediately when you start this game, I think there's three warnings before you go in that this is not, this is a horror, a horror game. Like it's graphic. But it warns you before you start. Yeah. But I think, doesn't that ruin the twist? They have to say it. Because of, it what hap- scary? because of what happens in the game, they have to say, Look, if you're say easily warning. disturbed, oh. you can't play this game. Is it that bad? It's pretty disturbing. That's good. Uh, but you have to speak to me every day, so... Yeah, so I've already, you know, been exposed to that sort of stuff. You do have... I haven't exposed myself to you. Don't don't know. You do have, like, an unimaginable spiral for a face and, like, bugs (laughs) crawl out of you from places I don't understand. And he only wears a trench coat and nothing (laughs) else when he comes to the office. And whenever he opens it, there's just nothing there. He goes, party time! (laughs) And opens his trench coat. And I just drink blood for lunch as well. Just drink big, like, thick, like, scabby blood. And Capri Suns, you love those. Oh, yeah, I do love those, yeah. So the game, basically, it starts off as what this is like a light novel where you're you join a, a literature club at a like japanese school full of like obviously ridiculously cute generic anime girls and you play through getting to know them writing poems chatting with them it's lovely the game is really really lovely um and obviously there's twists in it and it gets to a point where it, this isn't the game that you actually thought it was going to be it's quite frustrating because Obviously, all the points that I could use to sell it mm. are going to ruin the game and spoil yeah. it for people. Yeah. But what I will say is, it's free. It's free, it's free. and it's on Steam. Oh, Ooh. I didn't know it was free. Completely no, free. It takes about five to six hours to get through. I'd recommend doing it in one sitting, if you can. Just mm-hmm. blitz through it, because you'll get to a point where you don't want to stop. But it does some stuff in that game that I, I haven't felt like that since I played the first Portal game. Like really very clever stuff. You it's, felt it's, really... it's insanely impressive. And you haven't been that erect since. No, so. like my nipples could cut glass right now, <laughs> if needs be. Just yeah. thinking about it. Just thinking about it. I honestly, because I know a lot of people were like, there's a lot of people we know that are quite bad for playing a game and going, 
hands down, that was the most incredible game I've ever played. And then they'll play another one. Name and be shame. Like, yeah, mm, mm, Gaff. <laughs> Just beep this whole thing. All right, so in the San Francisco office, there's... Uh, <laughs> um, but I think, like, after I played it, I sat on it for a while and I watched some videos about the game. You sat on what? Realized I'd missed a bunch of stuff. Like, there's so much more hidden in that game. Then I went back and started uh, reading, like, fan theories. And there's so many little, like, hints and clues early on that you totally miss out on. Uh-huh. It's such a cool game. Is there multiple uh, endings or is it just There's multiple endings. Oh, there's okay. whole storylines I missed out on oh, that I've, like, now gone and checked out. But, uh... It's it's really incredible. It's really incredible in so many uh, different uh, senses of the word. So I definitely recommend. I'll, I'll it's get free. it done this weekend. It's free. You know, you've literally got nothing to lose except for a couple hours. The only con that I'll say about this game is because it plays on that trope of being a light novel or a, a visual novel, and it needs to really establish that early on. Essentially, the first hour or so of the game is just playing one of those games. Yeah, like yeah. you are just like writing. Is there poems. voice acting, or is it? Do you have to read it all? Mostly read it all. There's like little oh, bits here I can't and there read, that come so through. I'm in oh, trouble. I mean, novel. Any, every, any novel is not yeah. really designed for you. No, it's just every, an audio version. Every so often, you get yeah. like that anime RPG thing of just like, yeah. I like you. Yeah, like, or, yeah, cool. She likes yeah. me. Yeah. Okay, write that Sweet. down. Oh, I can't cool. write. Oh, <laughs> God, yeah. oh, oh, I'm a lyric. Yeah. Oh wait, I'm blind too. So this is pointless. <laughs> Um, visual novel is it discriminatory <laughs> bullshit unbelievable um, th- there's also just pretty anime girls Cardi so if you can't read you can just look at them I guess why are you aiming that at me I, mean. I know what you're I've seen your hard drives I've seen hard drive 4 I know <laughs> what's on that four. drive <laughs> oh god uh, is it made by Japanese people or is uh, it no so it's it's cultural uh, appropriation I, mean, I know like uh, people are worried about that because when uh like Western anime styles can be a bit dodgy sometimes, mm. uh, but they really nail it. Like the art looks good and it's written really well. Like any bit that feels like it's written shitly kind of suits that genre yeah, as well. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, it is, you're quite forgiving of that, but then it just means the bits that are written really well, you're like, wow, this is so meta. This so is that, so much more. Like, that's our tip to bad localizers is pretend that pretend, you're doing yeah. a Japanese game. <laughs> like, yeah, make your game in a shit genre so that everything will be forgiven. Do you think that's you'll go back and play it again to get a different story or are you done with it? So it's a difficult game to go back and play again because essentially you have to reinstall it. What? Uh, again, I can't okay. really, I can't really okay. talk more than that. Okay. But I am going to reinstall it and because there's a, a lot of stuff that I missed out on. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm going to reinstall it. And I might like see if I can go down some different paths. But from what I can understand, it mostly concludes in the same way. You'll get different bits here and there, but it mostly has like a one-track storyline. Okay, I do um, love those. I do love those games that mess with themselves. Like how Undertale knows if you've reloaded to try and get rid of a bad thing you did yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, That's I had. Really um, cool. Yeah, it, like it's, it is pretty self-aware in that sense. I had a, some people message me being like. I thought it was like Undertale or like a, like a I, shit I really Undertale. I that as well. Um, oh, it's amazing, man. Yeah. Uh, but I think this one takes it a step further. And like, you will see why. I would just say, like, it's You've free. You've got me intrigued. It's yeah. six yeah. hours. Like, just push through that starting barrier and you'll start to begin to see why yeah. people are like raving about this game. It's fantastic. Did you ever see that art game that was a shooter, but everything you shot was a, f- a real file from com- your computer? And when you shot it and blew it up, it blew up the file in real life. Like until- deleted the what? file? So, yeah, so it deletes the files. <laughs> and until the point where you're shooting stuff and your computer stops working and that's the end of the game. <laughs> 
That's and it just deletes your registry files, <laughs> so mad. you can't do anything anymore. It's really good. It's like that. I mean, I've uh, never played it, but it's a cool idea. It's like the most horrible, I guess, meme that ever went around, which was, uh, was it delete Windows 32? Or that? Windows 34? Or it's essentially... Uh, yeah, it deletes your operating system. Maybe. It deletes your operating <laughs> system. But the meme was people would post it as the like proven solution to any problem on the oh, internet. Okay, so right. on all the forums, it'd be like, oh, have you tried deleting Windows 32? <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, I'll give it a shot now. And it just kills your computer. Classic mid-noughties japes. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you best. looking for tech advice from memes? Yeah, I Get know. So bad. <laughs> yeah, I should have known that it, uh, I was being told it by Scumbag Steve. That <laughs> should have been a giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, check it out. And also, if you do play it, um, tweet at me at Roy Has Powers because I'm like looking for people to talk to about this game. It's, it's a really good like get some friends. Quite, sounds quite desperate. <laughs> I just really want some friends. You know, what? I thought those anime girls liked me. I was bullshit. <laughs> then all their eyes came out. Yeah. I'm just yeah. guessing. I don't Flew know what happened. Screen it? and ate my dick. <laughs> Oh, spoilers. Sorry, Jesus, spoilers. man. Sorry, spoilers. Don't want to play now. I uh, quite like mine. <laughs> I pretty like my dick. I want to I'm always forgetting that about Cardi. That he likes, he likes his, his dick. dick. It's weird, isn't it? It's so weird. You're not one of us. Dick haters. <laughs> uh, we got in a... I knew you were going to say dick haters, but I was mid-sip, so I couldn't stop it. I almost choked. Look. We all got in a limo the other day. <laughs> this isn't relating to dick hating, by the way. I have oh, no, no segue. Quite the opposite. I was desperate, but we got in a limo. We went to prom together. We yeah. all of us. to prom together. Yeah. Yeah. does actually kind of work after your anime high school business. Yeah, yeah that's a we cool We went to a high school. Well, it was a sports hall in Lambeth. Yeah. No, we, we, <laughs> we have to make this clear. We didn't just crash like a 13-year-old's prom. We no. crashed a 28-year-old's prom. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we went to a party for the release of the Spider-Man DVD and Blu-ray. The Home Ent mm. release. It was weird. We had some cake pops. That was good. It was a really cool idea. So essentially it was playing off the like homecoming theme of Spider-Man homecoming. Mm. Um, so we all got in a limo, drove to a school. Well, I mean, we haven't got to the... We, we've Could missed just... out the point where the limo nearly crashed as what soon as we left in it. <laughs> it was really funny because we all got in. We got a bottle of bubbly, whatever well, that, that was. Prosecco, Again, yeah. Prosecco. It wasn't like Lambrini. It wasn't. The best thing about that was we got in and the PR was like, oh, we'll be about five minutes. We got in and there's like uh, sparkling wine glasses everywhere. Just the glasses. No, yeah, no just drink. the glasses. And Gav was just like, I saw a shop at the end of the road. <laughs> just comes Can't back with a bottle of Prosecco. <laughs> yeah. And doesn't doesn't give it to anyone else in the limo, so it's just six. And idiots you missed, at you the, missed end. the part where the PR girl came into the limo, and as soon as she saw us at the back, went lads, lads, lads. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, "Ooh, that's, do we want to be that?" Then- I, I just loved the like when we like pour out the glasses, everyone you know cheersing, the music's pumping, having a great time. The <laughs> limo starts pump. up, turns one corner, slams <laughs> on the brakes. We all fly into a wall. Prosecco all over crew. I go off. I go off of my seat. And yeah. basically, like body smash Krups, like smashing his like cup out of his hand, like spilling prosecco. Everywhere. Multiple people spill prosecco on <laughs> just on Krups. Just Daniel. Oh, it's like he was the perfect like physics vector. Like we were all just like, <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. Um, but then, yeah, we went to a school in their gymnasium. It was they, just mm. it was just a sports hall. It wasn't even a school. A sports it was hall. a lie. It's Hollywood oh. lie. Um, where essentially it was, they just dressed it up to be like a prom. Yeah. yeah. Which 
The only the only con was that we found out when we got there that it was a dry event, mm. and Gav mm. did that little thing where Mormon he, school. He was like, hmm, well, when we got there, yeah. we were like, so is this, when's this closed? They were like, oh, probably like half eight. We yeah. got there half seven. We we're like, all right, an hour. We we're like, we're thinking more like midnight. And then we got there and we we're like, yeah, we did uh, all start chanting midders, midders, till midders, <laughs> till midders in a sports hall <laughs> with no drink. That's it. They said, oh, it's half eight if you want to get a taxi yeah. back. And we were like. Pfft. We don't need taxis. We'll walk. Yeah, we'll get Ubers because you're so shit faced. Yeah. <laughs> I did see a nice five side pitch that looked quite fun, but we weren't yeah. there for that. Were no we? one's taking it. We yeah. absolutely battered down some Rubens. Yeah. I don't know why they had tiny Rubens. Uh, the, the PR actually made a really good point where we were like, "Oh, like, like I guess we thought there would be beer or wine," and she was like, "Well, it's prom, and it's <laughs> so we're like yeah. you can't drink it." And she did oh, go, we- "Guys, it's Monday night," and we were like, "Yeah." What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Monday's my Friday. I mean, we Friday, are just my Friday too. We are just complaining about not getting free booze now. Yeah, I don't want to decide. We learned how to flip. Like, what they lacked in booze, they made up for in activities. <laughs> uh, so, got a photo. Me, me and Joe learned how to front flip. <laughs> yeah, from some from bit, a YouTuber some better than called uh, the Ginger Ninja, I think his name That's is. Paul Skulls, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, he's like a redhead and he can do, uh, he's got I didn't uh, see Paul Skulls there. He's got a katana. I made that up. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, he does. We had, our fo- we had our photo taken, <laughs> like CGI'd, green screened into a Spider-Man scene where we yeah. tried to recreate that famous New when, York uh, City Empire lunch. State Building lunch. They had the they had the suit as well from the film that Tom Holland wore, and yeah. while the lady's back was turned, I touched his face. That photo would make a good thumbnail, actually. That photo would make a great thumbnail, except for the fact that something's gone wrong with the lighting in it and it looks like I've got a facial disease. We should definitely put that as the fun. I, like, I don't like it at all. We were going to call, call, we call this now, episode Joe's facial defect. My yeah. Joe's so, diseased face. To be fair, it is green today, your face. Yeah, no, we're going to call it Riddled, the, the Joe Scrabble story. Riddled. <laughs> riddled. <laughs> Dick-hating, riddled <laughs> Scrabbles. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Spider-Man was good. And the film was quite good, wasn't it, as well? I love that I mean, film. We, it's it was such a, a good ago, film, yeah. I haven't seen it for ages. And the best part of all is, on the way out, uh, we got goodie bags, <laughs> which included a version of the toy that I have wanted since I was a child, the Spider-Man <laughs> Web Blaster. Ooh, so now you've action. got the Web Blaster. Krupa's uh, got Mr. Frosty. Yeah. What's everyone else's toys that I'm, didn't get? I'm still without joy. Yeah, is there, is there like a childhood toy that you always that wanted I always and never got? Wanted. I remember, yeah, distinctly. There was this remote control hovercraft that I saw on TV. I know was, that one. Yeah, and I always I thought it looked so cool. Is that the one that had the um, the commercial that was like on road, off road, no road? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it may have been because that, that's what that really do. sticks in your head. Those yeah. those things. It was green, I think. It yeah, 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 yeah. I always wanted that, but it was ridiculous. I think it cost a lot of money. It probably did. And I always thought, do you know, I don't have like a pond or anything in my garden. I, what am I going to do with this yeah, anyway? Yeah, bring it down <laughs> to the beach. It gets taken out by a wave and me. Yeah. Like, shit. Well, no gone, roads for you, motherfucker. Nah. Uh, did you have any, Joe? Any childhood toys? No, my parents loved me, so I got everything got I wanted. <laughs> no, I don't know what I wanted. Except affection. Yeah, no, they were never there. Santa was very long distance. <laughs> One of the ones I I got, I'd always wanted I got and was severely disappointed by, was essentially a robot butler called Scooter 2000. Right, that's not real. No, it's You've got a robot real. butler. <laughs> Is he still alive? He's in a garage just like, I wish to serve. Are you, were you in the Jetsons? <laughs> Look... It was it was a robot. It was remote controlled. His name, his name was Scooter, and he carried a little tray. 
And he was fucking big as well. I was about to say, how big was this? He's like above your waist. Like he was a big ass robot. You had robot. a giant robot butler. <laughs> Why is he not in the office serving us drinks? Is that a toy? And you would also, you could um, speak into the controller and it would come out of his face. What? So, so you could drive him into the kitchen and go, Mum, Sunny D. <laughs> and she would put the Sunny D in his little You're making thing. all of this. I you must know, regret honestly, it. Did you see this that. in the back of like a comic, like one of those, mag- those adverts that anyone can put in? What like else a mad did you- I owned him. He's in my attic <laughs> What now. else did you make him do? Well, he was so impractical because you, would, you could put um, cups and stuff on his tray. But then every time he moved, it was so jittery that he would just be spilling all of your drinks and food everywhere. <laughs> so you would ask your mum for Sunny D and the robot just accidentally punches her in the leg. <laughs> mum, Sunny D! <laughs> but also, Picks up a also, knife. <laughs> also, you can't really do it through rooms. So you'd kind of have to just follow the robot behind him. <laughs> like It kind of defeated the purpose of having the yeah, robot. I love there. that. Uh, um, yeah, I'll was, show you after this podcast. He was real, Scooter 2000. I really wanted Scooter for Christmas, uh, but I was severely disappointed when he killed my youngest <laughs> sibling. <laughs> he stabbed her in the eyes. But, you know, I've got a robot sibling now. So yeah. Good. Little Scoot. I can't believe there's a sad robot butler in your attic. I know. I feel quite bad <laughs> now. I, like I think he's Christmas. still walking that's, around that's up there. That's the most futuristic yeah. One thing night I you're just going to hear... I think it's like I'm gonna have to uh, haunted butler Sunny D seeping through the ceiling (laughs) 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 the most millennial Edgar Allan Poe story (laughs) I think when I go back at Christmas I'm gonna put on uh, open Spotify and put on Tears in the Rain from Blade Runner and go retire him (laughs) (laughs) for him in the sea I was imagining you looking out of a window, haunted, quoth the robot butler. <laughs> He's gonna, like, he'll give a really nice speech. He'll be like, all of those milk delivered, those sandwiches lost, <laughs> like Sunny D in an orange. <laughs> in an it'll slowly orange. power down. <laughs> no one can hurt you now, Scooter. <laughs> they just uh, kick his head off. So that's, yeah, that's, my, that's my robot story. Well, that Good. was the Spider-Man part. <laughs> <laughs> we had fun. It was, re- it was really fun, actually. That's fucking And we went please. for a beer afterwards, so it was it was. All good. It was. <laughs> Wait, you're going home for Christmas, aren't you? Yeah, quite early as well. I'll miss you guys. got cabin baggage. Um, no, well, on my return, mm. you want me to bring back Scooter? I want Scooter oh, in this office. so big, he'd need his own seat on that flight. <laughs> I, I mean, he would also demand that. it. I want Scooter in this office so much. I I'll, prefer, I'll take some pictures I prefer people about the Beyblades. I'll bring back some Beyblades as well. Yeah. I want to look on eBay for scooters. Scooter 2000. I'll, I'll, we'll take a look after this. He can't be much. He better be real. Maybe they've continued making models. I'd love Maybe they've if, got the Nexus I'd love if he now eight. didn't exist. I would love if we could find no trace of <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> what if Scooter 40,000's out and it's really advanced? That's what I was just thinking. Hold on a second. Let me... I'm, I know this is oh, not good for Scooter podcast, check. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna well, we can talk about something check. else, can't we? No, I want to talk about Scooter for the yeah, rest know, of my life. You know, I'm trying to fill it while he searches eBay for it. Okay, let's set up the next segment, which is exciting and doesn't involve Ooh, either of you. It involves a, <laughs> it involves a celebrity. It does. Uh, Gav and I got to talk to Andy Serkis of Planet of the Apes and being a man in a very tight suit. What fame. a lovely man. He was really nice. Yeah. He was a good boy. Um, he came in to talk about his studio's work on the new Planet of the Apes game. Uh, have you got something? Well, well, let's do this first. I'll, we'll, after the break, we'll come back. Oh, we'll come back for it. Everyone's going to be tease, like isn't it? over Andy Circus. Let's find Scooter. Scooter section. Um, yeah, and he was absolutely lovely. And he agreed to be on the podcast and do keyword countdown. So that's coming up 
now. So Andy, one thing that we ask everybody when they come on this podcast first is what their favorite film is, what their favorite TV show is, and what their favorite video game is. Do you have a favorite one of either or uh, all of those? Yeah, no, my favorite film is Apocalypse Now. Okay. Um, uh, always has been. I saw it in when I was 14 years old in Paris on 70 millimeter screen. Amazing. I mean, it was the it was when it was re- just opening, literally just opening. Yeah. Uh, and I will never forget that experience. It was, yeah. it was just phenomenal. Just That's illegal. Brutal. Yeah, shouldn't you have been, been watching, watching that? that? That's naughty. No, I shouldn't Well, in Paris, nobody cares. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I just, yeah, I, I mean, I'll never, ever forget the, 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 heli- the sound, and especially the sound, you know, in yeah. 70 mil, just the helicopters coming over and, you know, Martin Sheen's character and Marlon Brand. I mean, just, just such a brilliant... Um, poem to yeah. to such horrific uh, war you know it was just extraordinary yeah do you have a favorite tv show favorite tv show um gosh going back uh i think it was probably uh well what can i say com- a comedy show absolutely yeah, yeah it could yeah, be anything there's no rules man all right man. <laughs> so my fa- my favorite by far growing up that my favorite tv show was the young ones okay oh, um yes. you know just genius performers yeah. Rick Mayle, you know, Aid Edmondson, Nigel Planer, uh, they're just uh, amazing actors. And I've, I've, you know, fortunately got to, I got to work with Rick Mayle. And, did you? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, on uh, The New Statesman, it was one of my first TV jobs yeah. as a young oh, actor. Wow. And then, um, um, and Aid Edmondson I've come into contact with uh, from time to time. He's a brilliant folk musician as yeah. well. <laughs> but I just, that, they, they really summed up my sort of teenage and, uh, you know, going into young adulthood, just... Uh, I just I just wanted to live in the flat with them. You know? Yeah, you know, they're just they're just that anarchic that, that that punk anarchic, you know, music every week, different music acts every yeah, week. Was, just, just was it was really an good. extraordinary, really groundbreaking yeah. telly. It was. Yeah, it felt like it's it was like a variety show in disguise yeah. in yeah. some ways. Yeah, it's no, really, cool. really, yeah, really, really. Aid awesome. Edmondson would make an amazing ape. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, He'd be incredible at that. In fact. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Okay, well, let's see. Get him in. Next time round. <laughs> and finally, do you have a favourite video game? Um, yeah, it's called Planet of the Apes Last Frontier. No, I'm Got joking. It's just me flogging the game that we were involved with. No, um, no I, I, I actually really loved um, Heavy Rain, which okay. was... Which was quite inspirational actually for mm. this as a, an interactive movie mm. I mean I like I like choice based games but I, but also I have to say um, <laughs> again another game I was involved with was um, was Heavenly Sword and mm, that was yeah. that was a groundbreaking game and Ninja Theory the company that, that I you know really got to know video gaming through mm. um, you know I, I, I love that because it was a, sort of it was a tipping point where for the first time sort of meaningful performance Performances, really well written script, story was as important as gameplay, and that was, and that was, yeah. So I'd say, yeah. I would say that that you know, but if you can count something that you're in, um, yeah. <laughs> um, you know. So I directed the performance capture for that, and it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was a really interesting moment because I'd just come back from playing King Kong mm. um, in New Zealand, and was approached by by Ninja Theory by Tami uh, Mantaniades, who who said, look, we're we're just working on this idea that that um you know we, we've got a great script and we want the perform we want kind of real performances in this game um will you will you direct the performance capture so so we rehearsed it like a like a movie you know mm. we rehe- or a play even and you know work with all the actors cast it work rehearsed and then there wasn't anywhere to shoot it in the uk um 
that that could handle that level of performance capture. So I, I ended up taking the whole team over to New Zealand and, and, and we yeah. shot with Weta. Uh, we made that game. So. Sparks the job. Yeah. So, it was ama- <laughs> it was, so that was amazing. But it, well, that was the, the the founding moment really for me, where 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 I realised that I wanted to, fa- to to start a company in the UK that would further the art and craft of performance oh, capture, wow. and that's where the Imaginarium came from out of that experience. Yeah. Did you see any of their the new game they made, Hellblade? They did some fascinating stuff with performance capture. Yeah. In that as well. I, I, I had, you know, I haven't seen it, but I know, I know Tamim's been working on that for such a long time. Incredible. It's incredible. Like homebrewed stuff that I think, because yeah. I think they were just doing that in the back of the studio. No, that's a right. Lot of that. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. No, 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 they've been doing some great stuff. Yeah. 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 So with Last Frontier then, um, did you want to make a video game, but basically tell a story that's apes related that people who, you know, you said Heavy Rain, like a lot of people who played Heavy Rain weren't into video games, but they just that's really right. into story. Well, that, that's that's the point. That's the point. I mean, that's what this is. This game is the strength of this game. It is an interactive movie. And one of the things at the Imaginarium that we've been looking at is sort of next generation storytelling, how we are going to receive stories in 10, 20, 30 years time. Mm. And, and there is this convergence and performance capture sort of sits in the middle of it. And so we want to um, to create a, a very visceral, emotionally engaging, uh, intense, choice-based game that was that was about sort of following the themes of empathy that 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 are born out of the you know the, the trilogy of movies, mm. but without making a you know we didn't want to make a. a a, a game of the movie because there was little point in doing that using the same characters and the same trajectory of the story. We wanted to, to do something completely different. Mm. So this one is situated um, in between Dawn and War, okay. sort of chronologically. And <clears throat> what we realised, of course, in War is that there are other apes out there apart from Caesar's tribe. Mm. And Caesar believes they're only to be his tribe until he comes across Bad Ape in the movie. And and so we realised in in this game, in, in Last Frontier, that there is an, a whole other tribe of apes that have survived this, the, you know, that have survived conflict and then a whole other group of human beings who are, are surviving the virus. Right. And um, we wanted to make something which... and like again like the movies didn't judge either side so so both Rupert Wyatt and Matt Reeves in the making of the three films you know never sort of say that apes are better than humans yes you do see the world through the apes eyes but it's never judgmental they're all very rounded all uh, you know, shades of grey. The characters are all shades of grey. It's a so world of individuals, ex- isn't it? Exactly. And so, and so, the, the, what we wanted to do is to take you, the player, um, into a world where you can be either side. You can actually be apes or humans. Okay. And you can. And it really questions who you are. Going back to the the, the notion of empathy, which is the, thematically what the three films are about, as I say. You know. So so it's, it's so. When you go off on this journey, it, you can either respond in a, in a highly aggressive manner, you can be uh, predatorial and, and sort of uh, try to take out and wipe out the other species, or you can you can try and act cooperatively and try and find a peaceful solution. And that's and that really what's so great I think about the game is is that you discover what your what your personality is, <laughs> what your nature is. Well, we were going to say we were both interested. Firstly, have you played the game? And secondly, do you just naturally favour the apes? <laughs> do you just let them have a landslide win against the humans, or uh, how, well, how would you approach it? Well, I, don't, I, I think I, you know. I think I think it's interesting being able to to you know see the world from both sides and, mm. and actually actively play the game from both sides and yeah. and and see what choices you come up with. Yeah. And the great and and again the other thing is. 
rather than it being just a singular experience, being able to to play with up to four other players, yeah, and and and, and with the sort of the intensity of the choice, the in, uh, intensity of the choice is sort of becoming more rapid. Um, you know, it, it really does put pressure on you to act co- again co- cooperatively with yeah. the group, or if you want to, you can override, but then you only have one choice. The right. Choice okay. Uh, See, I, I've I've played games like that with partners and things like that. I'm falling out quite a bit because it's got, <laughs> why have you just made that horrible decision? <laughs> exactly. It's not horrible. It's necessary. Yeah. But yeah. that's it. That's I mean, that's for me. Uh, what What is it really interesting about about gaming is that that moral maze and yeah. the, the, the complexities of of uh, and and the you know the cause and effect of what you do. Yeah, mm. I was really lucky and got to visit the studio whilst it was being in, in performance capture. Oh right. The, I watched some of the stunt work being done and oh, yeah. met um, uh, Neil, who plays one of the uh, Neil Newborn, who plays one of the lead apes. Yeah. And he said this really interesting thing, which I'd never thought of before, which is all the ape performance capture artists were there first and sort of did a lot of the early work That's alone. Right. That's right. And then the human side came in. And he'd said, like, when they came in, they were just all really tense with each other. Like, they were actually two different tribes because none of them had ever met. And they all had their friendships. And then yeah. like, going to lunch with the apes, that's not, that's <laughs> not on. <laughs> that's funny because that's what happened in the original 1968 version as oh, well. Really? There was a real really? separation between, not just between um, the humans and the apes, but the orangutans sat down to have lunch together. The <laughs> Sat down, had lunch together, and the gorillas had sat down, had lunch together. That's they got amazing. really tribal. That's incredible. Yeah, not on your films, though. Not on our films. We all are very all, nice. We're, yeah, we're, <laughs> that's the thing about performance capture. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know. You talk about the thing about performance capture. So, is it Karen Connival who plays Maurice? Yeah, yeah. So, Joe and I are huge fans of the X Files, and she is in one of the scariest episodes of the X Files. They're like absolutely fucked me up. It's <laughs> just one of like, the she, most terrifying. She roles. plays the mother in a. Uh, like an incestuous family oh, where, wow. like with these three like her offspring and these crazy like, I don't even know what you call them well, monsters they just, well, they're, um, they're misunderstood yeah. apart from all the murders and she's kept under the bed and it's this oh, weird like thing a, she's on like a little skateboard she's on a little <laughs> skateboard and she's only brought out when the three sons wow. need to have sex with her and she's like, she was in a car accident she has like no arms or legs or anything and I, I saw this as a kid and I should not have been watching it and it was this weird thing where I think I was watching the original plan to the, like your original plan to the, the first one, and because she's actually in that with that outside of her makeup, that's right. Like, she plays a little scene. cameo, yeah. So yeah, she's yeah. in that, and I remember watching it, and going, "Why do I know those <laughs> eyes? She's got those lovely, yeah, she's massive eyes." And I was like, yeah. "Why do I know those eyes?" So I was like, "It's when I need to be checked in." I was like, "Mrs. Oh, Peacock." Oh my god! <laughs> and then I looked, I see like she plays Maurice. And I was like, "Well, I'm never looking at that ever again." I said, Maurice is like. Is a, is a villain to me. Yeah. <laughs> and then Maurice is like a huge part of the film. So a huge like, part. God damn it. And um, I mean, that, again, that's the most amazing thing about, about capture is yeah. that performance capture is you can play anything. Mm. I mean, yeah. she's, playing a, she's playing very much a male orangutan, yeah. you yeah. know. And, um, and, and she's extraordinary and she, uh, just, just acting opposite her. I mean, she get, she, she's so, and she did so much research. You yeah. Know, she, she actually, I remember talking to you before, actually, you said she yeah. really got into it, didn't she? Well, she, she actually had a very, very, and still has a longstanding relationship with an orangutan that she started to visit and then got to know and, and literally still visits on a regular basis and they paint together. That's amazing. And, yeah. I, I mean, they really communicate on a very yeah. profound level. Yeah. Oh my God. That's yeah. really cool. I'm really jealous. <laughs> I love um, You said a really interesting thing about performance capture sort of sitting in the middle of video games and film. Do you ever see the point at which 
you know, obviously this has to be released, has to be, but it is being released on consoles and you know, gaming devices. Sure. Do you ever see a point at which we get to having interactive movies appearing on Netflix? Someone just goes, I want to play Last oh, Frontier and then it's just choosing on your TV remote or something. Oh, I, I, absolutely, 100%. I don't see, I don't think that's too far off. I mm. mean, I, I'm, I imagine that sort of collective experience because, but you know, people want to have that collective experience. Yeah. But, mm. but, um, but yeah, I just, I, I think, uh, you know, doing it in a way which is in a format which isn't just for hardcore gamers or, you know, sort mm. of a singular experience. I think that's, that's definitely a, a, a way forward. And, and, and performance capture does sit in the middle of, I mean, I think it's very interesting the way that you know going back to talking about ninja theory and, and and heavenly sword you know the attitude towards video games from the film industry in the in around that time was was quite disparaging you mm. know no actors would you know no you know proper actors would consider going and so me consider <laughs> would consider you know getting involved in in a yeah. video game as a, as a as an artist form of artistic expression mm. and um and i think that was because it was sort of previously sort of known as motion capture so it yeah. was just like capturing mm. physicality and it wasn't considered as as acting uh, you know um but but actually the the, the whole relationship relationship of the film industry to to the video game world is completely flipped on its head now yeah. you get you get great a-list actors wanting to be in video games Absolutely. because mm. they're really well written and they're great characters and they cha- and they're challenging as well as you know as well as actors now of course wanting to be to play performance captured roles in in, in movies but yeah. but 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 also you know video game technology is informing the film world like it never has done before mm. um in terms of virtual production and previs pre-visualization for especially for big budget movies it all relies on video game technology so there's a real synergy now uh, between those two worlds and a respect for for, for video games as an art form obviously the world the world that you guys have created for you know this new planet of the apes trilogy um it feels like you've got a lot more stories to tell do you feel like those stories are going to be told in video games still or do you see like you know do you see the future for the films as well yeah i mean that you know in terms of well, it's interesting in terms of you know, where we go with the movies now. Mm. Uh, you know, I think there will continue to be. You know, Caesar's the Caesar cycle, as we've called it, is yeah. is over. But but obviously, there's still um, you know a couple of thousand years before we return to the original 1968 yeah. version. So there's still room for the ascension of the apes to being mm. the the rulers of the planet. You know, yeah. where the where the humans are cattle, um, and 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 equally, so there is lo- lots of room for more stories there but equally uh, you know we we wanted to create a universe for our you know for for the gaming where where that can carry on in a par- in a parallel fashion and, mm. and 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 be a be a conduit to lots more stories which you know don't involve the apes that we've got to know during the movies i mean is there is there someone who's the keeper of the keys for all this stuff i mean you can't like, like me i've got yeah. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's what I'm, I'm really interested in where you sit within that franchise now because obviously this doesn't feature caesar and no sure. and, you know this is a a completely separate faction sure. but surely someone's got to be keeping an eye on well, the I, universe I suppose I mean I suppose I was the de facto kind of ambassador for the franchise in mm. the sense that you know I was entrusted to to and the Imaginarium because of my relationship with Fox and my you know and obviously my relationship with the Imaginarium you know it, it seemed like the right thing to do um, that it would be overseen in a way that was kind of tonally respectful to to the movies and you know wasn't gonna you know and that had the same ethos as as, mm-hmm. as as what the movies were trying to achieve but in game form again we wanted to make something that was definitely 
a game in its own right and not just a, a sort of pale imitation of, of the story that you'd seen. And so were you keeping an eye on the story as it was written? Did you have input in the, into that well, kind of thing? In, in, in a way, yes. Mm. I mean, we because we, we are the, the – so the Imaginarium are the, um, the publishers mm. and the Imaginati, which is a separate company uh, who actually are the developers mm. uh, under the auspices of Martin Alltimes, um, who came who originally worked with us at the Imaginarium and then set up this subsidiary company to mm. to actually make this game specifically to make this game. So so you know we were able to to keep a to keep an eye to go in and and consult occasionally and and make sure that everything was on track. I mean he 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 found the writer, he found the director, and and then some of the actors were actors who have worked with the Imaginarium and some were new and the yeah. great Peter Elliott who who of course is famous for for uh, being a primary mover as an uh, as a, as an ape consultant right. um he was in Greystoke and and um uh, 2001 Space Odyssey right, you know, okay. he he was the prime sort of in the earlier years the prime sort of uh, yeah. ape guy if you like um so 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 yeah so the pedigree is definitely there it, w- it was amazing visiting the studio and sort of Ealing Studios is such a historic yeah. place and to have a games developer sitting in sitting in one of those buildings you're like oh it's happening yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the nerds uh, are here absolutely no i mean that's that has been a joy you know yeah. and, and 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 yeah no that that great kind of paradox is is, is we we love that you know mm. that we are sitting there with this the latest technology the newest technology for filmmaking and gaming and for yeah. you know now virtual reality and mixed reality and so on you know uh, sitting alongside these old corridors with pictures of uh, you know to Sims and yeah. you know, and no, this amazing. just this great heritage yeah. and and then, and, then, and we're there you know and then you've got Downton Abbey being filmed one week and <laughs> and the darkest hour you know yeah. and uh, Gary Oldman again you know so, <laughs> um, so yeah it's an amazing place yeah we haven't got too much time left but this pod- on this podcast we pretty much talk about the prestige <laughs> yeah. every single really week. obsessed yeah we're obsessed with it it's our favorite it, film it's no, weird like, like every single it's weird every time someone joins the company yeah. Someone goes, you've seen The Prestige? And they're yeah, like, I love The Prestige. It's yeah. just it's That's this amazing. Incredible um, thing. I absolutely love that film. Yeah. I mean, I really, you, you it's know, so good. It, it's a brilliant piece of filmmaking. Mm. And and it was this sort of film that came in between, you know, Christopher Nolan's big, you know, Batman movies. And then he just suddenly went off and, you know, wrote this with his brother. And, and, and it is just... I think it's a beautiful piece of filmmaking, and I got to work with David Bowie. So, yeah, you know, literally was, what we got written down. Yeah, <laughs> which was, you know, perhaps one of the greatest moments of my life, other than working with Woody Harrelson, actually. Yeah. So, you know, um, did you that, just um, get to hang out with Bowie on set? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know how he'd even do that. Yeah. It, just, it just sounds like <laughs> it's no, made it up. Was, yeah. he, he was so lovely and unassuming and funny, and mm. I mean, a real wicked sense of humour, and didn't take himself too seriously. Um, and he was playing Tesla, of course. Yeah. Uh, Brilliantly. That's the thing, but he's doing this crazy accent. You're doing a crazy accent as well, like together. And you're both these like very British people. I know. And 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 he kept saying, oh, I don't I don't sound uh, a little bit too um what was it he said? He said, I'm not a little bit too Clouseau, am I? He was just like kept, he kept to, you know. and then we had this hilarious thing with the cats, you know. Yeah. Mm. He could barely keep a straight face because we had this du- this dummy cat that we had to you know the, the, all these cats that were being you know t- teleported and transported mm. and recreated, um, but he <laughs> he just couldn't he he found it he really struggled to keep a straight face with these these stuffed cats that we were playing with every time you know, anyway anyway it was funny at the time I I, I just 
I'm just imagining wa- imagining him wading through just a big pile of Tommy <laughs> cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around. yeah, yeah. Oh, oh he was great fun. He was such great fun. That's amazing. I'm glad I got to ask you that. And just finally, we play a little game on our podcast every week called Keyword Countdown. game that I invented okay. uh, when I was drunk. It's not <laughs> mental. Um, okay. Well, okay. I don't know. Um, so IMDb categorized their films via a bunch of crazy keywords. Okay. So there's a lot of crazy stuff like man being thrown into air and things like that. So what I've done is I've taken five films, oh, no. 10 keywords each, and what you guys have to do against each other is guess what the film is by the keyword. Okay. And there's a link between all five films as well. I okay. dare say it's Andy Circus related. <laughs> Although they're not just your films, because we thought that'd be a bit too easy. So, uh, so it's five films, and you'll get the sort of gist from the first, from the first couple. Of I'm going to be hopeless at this. I'm just telling you I, right now. I am fine. quite competitive in and keeping and the He is the reigning champ, so you're going up against the wrong person, but that's absolutely fine. Okay, um, concentrate. <clears throat> so first film, 1990s, and you can shout out as many times as you want. Uh, 24 Hour Party People. It's not your films. Oh, sorry. I thought we were just talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that film. Birthday. Oh, I'm joking. Rivalry. Um, No, I'm not going to get any of these. Legend? Uh, No, that's not 1990s. Rivalry. Jealousy. This is a hard one. Lifting a female into the air. American Beauty? Andy, they're not your films. <laughs> <laughs> I only know my films. Enemies becoming friends. Um, Midnight Run? Oh, that's a good one. Enemies becoming friends. This is cool. Telling someone to shut up. Uh, well, that could be any film with Seth Rogen. And- <laughs> <laughs> CGI film. CGI? Toy Story? Yes. Oh. Well done. Joe gets three points there. That's fine, Andy, because there's four other films, so you can get these. Three points okay. is fine. Easy, okay. <clears throat> so that, uh, the other two clues were Toy Dinosaur, Claw Crane. Okay. So I'm terrified go. about this because Cardi's watching us, and he's really good at this, so I don't want to look <laughs> at him. Have you, you actually got three? You got after three. Well, what have you got then? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. It's film number two, Friendship Between Men. Midnight Run. <laughs> I'm going for it, everyone. First person narration. Mm. Regret. Goodfellas? First person. Shower room. Psycho. Good guess. History of violence? No, that's not first person. Portland, Maine. <sighs> well, it's Stephen King then. Talking to a bird. Uh, Is it the birds? A beautiful mind. Basalt. Basalt. <laughs> oh no, useless. Are you saying birth salts? Basalt. B a s a l. I am. B a s a l. B a s a l. Come on, mate. I'm so not fitted for these kind of games. Zihuatanaho, Mexico. What? Wrongful imprisonment. Is it Spectre? You invented that. this game. I did. It's good. 
Is this just to humiliate your guests? No, no, not at all. It's just, but also, what you, what you have to remember is, if neither of you, if nobody gets them by the clues, it's more fun for the people at home doing it, because uh, people play along get, quite a lot. Uh, okay. So we get a lot of people playing along in cars uh, okay, on okay, fine, like that. Fine, so don't fine. feel bad about no, not getting I'm, I'm really not feeling bad. If anything, if anything, it's for them. Wrongful imprisonment, and the final clue, tunnel into freedom. Shawshank oh. Redemption. Yeah. Yes, there we go. Fair play. That's one point. It's Guatemala, Mexico. I can't believe it. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, and also, <laughs> Basalt makes perfect. It's the uh, only film where I would know Basalt. <laughs> Here we go. It's three more. Uh, film number three. Single guy. Mm. Shyness. I love you, man, with Paul Rudd. Collector. Guardians uh, of the Galaxy. <laughs> Collector. Toy Story 2. Los Angeles, California. This is, this is a good keyword. Porn actor in mainstream movie. John Doe. Oh. oh that's a good one. Ah. Speed dating. Oh, this is going to really bother me. Nipple slip. <laughs> it's not Boogie Nights, is it? No. It's not that Brett Easton Ellis one that no one liked. No. <laughs> Number in title. Title. This is a good keyword as well. Musical sequence in non-musical work. I know it's painful, Cardi. <laughs> and the final clue, body wax in. Oh, 40-year-old virgin. It is 40-year-old virgin. Oh. Oh, I knew it was 40-year-old Did you? Shout out three. if you guy, that's fine. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're not Shout doing so out. well. That's Andy's lovely makeup artist. Get any there? Yeah, don't, don't be shy. <laughs> don't be shy. Save us the excruciating yeah, pain. Here we go. Uh, penultimate film, forward title. Midnight Run, Midnight Run. <laughs> I love you, man. This is a great one. That's three. Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Mormon. I love that as a keyword, as if someone's using that to categorise. I was going to say, how many films did you click that? <laughs> no, I didn't. I've done enough time. TV studio audience. Network. Fake mustache. Justice League. Carnegie Hall. Anchorman. New York City. No. Oh. But you are close. Anchorman with 2. One part, with one part of that title. Man. Chemotherapy. Funeral scene. Wrestling. Oh, my God. Comedian. So, so Anchorman was close. Well... The man part. Man. Man is in the four-word title. That's what I've got. And final clue, performance artist. It was Man on the Moon. Oh, oh not man. Andy Hamper thing, yeah. I'm <laughs> so sorry. That's <laughs> Here we go, final one then, final one. And actually, it is all to play for because... Um, Annie, you have one guess with one point. Joe, you have two guesses with four points. Here I we forgot go. I got another one. Here we go. That's, that's how... Lackluster, I think. Three word title. Well, I'll give you one of the words is the. Okay. 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 The nice guys. And it's at the beginning. 1980s. It's not the nice guys. Title spoken by character. The good fellas. Obscene finger gesture. Okay. The flip. The eight flip. mile. Adult actress playing teenage girl. Uh, 
Vi går i karate. Schirmer, Illinois. Schirmer. Teenage Rebellion. Why is this so hard? Um. Self-acceptance. What? This is an amazing keyword because I had to look up... The Blues Brothers. Meant. No, it's... Called. Oh, that is Illinois. A hui close. Do you know what that means? Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it means it's like an old French uh, theatre term for That's right. things taking place in one room. That's right. And then final clue, detention. Oh, the, the Breakfast Club. Yes, it is a Breakfast Club. Well done, Joe. Three, three guesses, five points. Andy, that's good. absolutely fine. Oh. You got one guess, one point. Well, that's not. Too I'm shy, sorry for it? him. <laughs> <laughs> He's hard work. <laughs> Thank you so much, Andy, for coming. Thank in. you. Playing Thank our stupid game and talking about your awesome games and films. Pardon? Oh, what, what's yes, the sorry. Link? What is the link? I didn't what even is think. the link? What do you think the link is? So we'll get what Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club, Toy Story, Shawshank Redemption, Forty-Year-Old Virgin, A Man on the Moon. You're not going to care. All right. It's rough. I mean, it's related to Mr. Andy Circus, obviously. Woody. They've all got characters called Andy in them. There you go. Hey. Prominent character, characters yes. called Andy in them. There you go. And some other ones. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much. Cheers. We'll let you get on your merry Thank way Thank you now. very much indeed. Thank you. <laughs> Are you guys ready to see Scooter? Yeah, I'm desperate for Scooter. This, this is what he looked like. How, that is, that, that looks doesn't look tiny. very big. That looks he's as massive. big as Why is his eyes so evil? They that just is glow red. massive. That's how you know he's active. Mate, that's not massive. That's, Honestly. That's it, how you know he's in hostile mode. It's, it's, not, <laughs> it's not to scale with a human. A human would like, like that's a human's waist. He looks right smaller there. than a cat. He Absolutely not. He I, does look tiny. Get, I want a need a scale picture. I, oh, no, no, no. No one wants to take a picture with their scooter. Just because he's killed them all. <laughs> he took those pictures. They're selfies. Like, look, there's him beside in a corner. That looks quite sad. <laughs> <laughs> is he yeah. not on eBay? I mean, he was big. He Just, probably is on eBay. It was big. It was big. Uh, we can we can check. I think. Oh my god, they made more. That one's chrome. <gasps> Whoa, oh, he chrome. looks mental. All right, we need to get off the scooter. He chat. looks like a hot yeah. rod. We'll be here all day. Um, right, feedback. 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 Mm. Feedback. All right, Ooh. let's get into it. I'm gonna start. Are you? Yeah. No, you go first. I will. I thought you were going last. No, I'll go first, I think. All right, sweet. Mm. What am I? I think this relates yeah. to last week. Do you remember last week, Rory, when we talked about podcasts to uh, no yep. end? Yep, yep. Uh, this one's from John from Willoughby, Ohio. Hi, John. Good afternoon, gents, or whatever time of day it is in the UK. I think it's technically morning still, technically isn't it? Technically still morning. Ooh, unlucky, mate. <laughs> Not reading the rest now. <laughs> Fucked it. No, there we go. I will. I just... <laughs> no, we know. Carry on. We all knew you were going to read it. It's not... Did we? Did we, though? Get on with it! I just heard the latest podcast in which you mentioned how a paranormal comedy podcast would be great and had to tell you about a podcast I listened to called The Unbelievable Podcast. It does sound pretty unbelievable. It deals with everything from... from <laughs> Stop editorialising. It deals with everything from ghosts to aliens to conspiracy, uh, conspiracy theories, etc. Check it out. Interesting. I might listen to that. I've been looking for a good comedy paranormal. Ah, yeah. too. If I've... only I knew one. I think you missed a the point there, John, talking about the old comedy paranormal podcast. I actually do a comedy paranormal podcast. <laughs> is it as good as the Unbelievable podcast? It is. In fact, it's probably better because we are actually professional paranormal investigators. <laughs> 
unlike those hacks hashtag investigate hashtag investigate um check it out yeah this paranormal life how long have you been doing that now been doing that for a couple of months but we're already on couple episode of months yeah it's been a long time well no, it's been longer than that it's been it has been longer than that um <laughs> You're lying. feels like a lifetime you should get scooter on Oh my god, imagine. Haunted scooters. Look. That would be incredible. Haunted robots, actually. That's a really yeah. good haunted, one. If you want me to come on and talk about that, I can talk about that tonight. Talk about, yeah. Well, do you guys have any, like, ghost stories or any, like, paranormal stories? Uh, Things no. that have specifically um, happened to me. Yeah. I did think, genuinely, quite genuinely, I thought I saw some UFOs the other day. Are you serious? I did, but, <laughs> but it turned out it was just two planes. Oh, but, what, like making love? Or honestly, so me and my sister and our partners were driving up uh, to Liverpool. Yeah. And I saw these lights in the sky. And I genuinely said to the car, I'm not joking. Those lights are moving really weirdly. Can everyone look at them, please? And like, so they were these two lights and they started close to, no, they, they were like quite far apart. Yeah. And then they got like quite close and then sort of, I don't know how it was. Basically, it was two planes <laughs> passing. One was clearly much further away than the other one. Right. But oh, it looked okay. like they were morphing into formation, to quote our favourite alien video. <laughs> they divided. <laughs> I genuinely, I was just like, what is that? And then everyone was like, it's just planes, Joe. <laughs> I, I had to get out of the car and be sick. Wow. <laughs> it was really scary. I don't think I've got any sort of ghost stories. I don't, um, I kind of believe in facts. Facts. Yeah, I'm a fact-based man. Such a boring man. Yeah, I, I'm a realist. <laughs> Statistically, realist. I'd say it's like more it likely that aliens do exist than don't. So if you're into facts, oh, no, I'm into. Sure. I think aliens exist. I haven't seen any. Are you one? Yeah. Yeah, baby. Oh, Sco- okay. Scooter is my protector. Where do you think Scooter I came, came to this from? planet being Scooter? I don't believe in belly. He was like a little. vessel. I was born out of him. I don't believe in ghosts. Sucked Sunny D out of his robot teeth until I was a full-grown human. Do you you genuinely believe in ghosts? Uh, No. I mean, this is kind of the joke of the podcast is that a lot of the time the conclusion is it's all bullshit. Mm. Uh, But you do get those occasional ones. I should probably listen. Do you believe believe in anything out there? Conspiracies. Uh, Uh, Well, I definitely think JFK's one, but that's not supernatural. No, but we're not talking supernatural. We do oh, conspiracies yeah, as well. Like we've done a couple, a couple of them. Like, like we did uh, one of the episodes. It's funny when you do one, where you you think like obviously this is fake, and then you do a whole episode of research, and you're like, you convince ah, yourself. Is this fake? Like yeah. this is gonna sound mental, but Atlantis, for example. <laughs> <laughs> Hear me out. Hear me out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Come on. The conclusion we came to that obviously there's no magical underwater city called Atlantis. But, like, from the reads in history and, like, learning about, like, the lore behind the cities that existed on that coastline, there probably was a city, that a whole city that dropped underwater into yeah, the coast. Yeah, I could believe that. Yeah. yeah. That's so, really like, cool. Atlantis, in a sense, does exist, uh, okay. but not the magical fish yeah. city. Well, Atlantis definitely exists in Justice League. Uh, yes. Thanks for segue. Good segue. Great segue. I, I, had, I did have an anecdote I was going to talk about there, but I don't Well, know. do it now, then. No, it's fine. I no, do it. I want it's to hear it. It's actually not interesting. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Saren Singh from Australia offers a perspective on Justice League that I had not considered and that I quite enjoy. Uh, I'm going to skip past being nice to us. I just had a quick comment regarding Ezra Miller's The Flash in Justice League, who I think we all universally disliked. Is that correct? Yeah, I didn't find him yeah. funny. Well, he had as many duds as he did mm. succeeding jokes. Well, Saran saw the film with a friend of mine. Not mine, his. I've switched, <laughs> I uh, switched <laughs> yeah. pronouns. I know why there's a problem. I was trying to segue. Uh, it didn't work. 
I saw the film with a friend of mine who has Asperger's syndrome, and when the Flash first appeared in the film with his fast, stuttering dialogue, my friend jumped out of his seat, punched me on the arm, and excitedly whispered, they've given the Flash Asperger's. While I sort of understand why you found the Flash's motormouth quips and comedic delivery frustrating, it was the highlight of the film for my friend because it resonated so unexpectedly and personally for him. Furthermore, my friend also ha- uh, my friend also has high-functioning autism and felt that a particular scene in the film involving the Flash and Cyborg captured much of the social awkwardness of social interaction he experiences daily. He left the film beaming specifically because he just watched a superhero kick ass while also just happening to have the same syndromes he has. Just thought I'd offer a different and altogether more p- uh, positive perspective on Ezra Miller's Flash. Which I'm, I thought is really interesting. That's awesome. I'm glad someone enjoyed it. That's yeah, a really whole, cool... Genuinely. Like, yeah. I would genuinely like to know if that's what they were going for and that's just something I don't have any personal experience of. That's a like, good point because I just got the sense that he's he's just too fast for his own mind. Like he's just stuttering out sentences and it's like too quick. He's trying mm, to keep up mm. with himself essentially. Okay. Um, but like, yeah, that's an equally like interesting take on it. Yeah. Like I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm. You've got a less positive take on Justice League. Oh, here we go. Uh, so this is from Frasier. He says... Hi, GN. Oh, that's good, isn't it? So we're going to stop there. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. (laughs) Fucked it. (laughs) Uh, First off, I just want to say that I'm thoroughly enjoying the work of a Mr. Simon Cardi. (gasps) Seems like a nice boy. And anyone who spends their spare time creating databases is all right in my book. Mm, You and Cardi should be put in prison. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Databases, mate. Anyway, as Justice League has stumbled through its opening weekend uh, with the poorest box office results of any... DCEU film so far. I actually didn't know that. Mm. Uh, The suits upstairs must be doing their absolute nut. After Batman v Superman came out, I know I was thinking, oh my God, if DC hits Suicide Squad going at that speed, they're definitely (laughs) dead. (laughs) (laughs) Having seen Justice League, I'm thinking, well, they're definitely dead now. (laughs) That was good, Frazier. My question being, if you were in charge of the DCEU at this point, what would you do to help DC land on their uh, wheels? Because they're next. <laughs> land on their wheels. He's kept going I with the he's kept going with the supercard story though. <laughs> Should have stopped it before that one. <laughs> because their next chance uh, to course correct is Aquaman, which leaves Ooh. a 13-month gap after Justice League, yeah. and the longer the gap, the more powerful the dread. I mean, Ooh, that's well, a nice little Aquaman line, is James Wan, isn't it? Which makes me slightly yeah. more positive and about Aquaman it. And Aquaman wasn't the worst thing about Justice he League. He wasn't. And no. if he just says, my man, all the time, if I'm going to love if him. If it is two hours underwater, that might get a Yeah, that bit. underwater section dragged and yeah. it was four minutes long. That's my only worry is that like the combat between um, Steppenwolf and Aquaman underwater was, I mean, obviously just a bit dulled because yeah. it's slower and mm. underwater. Yeah. And I wonder like... Would it be weird to do an Aquaman movie where the majority of it is They'll probably come up with something that Atlantis is in this bubble and everything's colourful underneath. That's a really good call, actually. Because they already did that. They did that a little bit where they make bubbles around them where you can, like, walk and talk Mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, yeah, like that's the Disney film call. Atlantis, which I think is actually quite a good film. Never seen people it. forgot. What um, would you guys do though? To well, like, I would around? start again. Yeah, this <laughs> is it. The big, <laughs> the big rumor is that the Flash movie they're making is Flashpoint, which is a story they've used in the DC universe to rewrite the DC universe. Before. Oh, cool! Just do that. Like, yeah. have Ezra Miller go. Oh, oh, everything's wrong. <laughs> Restart. New Batman. New Superman. Like, just. Do it yeah. again and make it fun. That's a really interesting way to do I, it. If you're yeah. going to relaunch a cinematic universe, why not make that like kind of meta where Flash is like, I got to like redo this. Yeah. And he's like, does it again. And, and all like, the characters are different. They, like it's another timeline. They'll be made fun of for doing it. Yeah. But it would be so be worth it. It's better than hit, dragging out. Yeah. yeah. 
there's so many good stories you could tell, and they've just basically tried to copy the Avengers, which they should never have done because no. they've already done it. Yeah, yeah, there's not an original idea in my opinion in Justice League. Not really. I mean, actually, I think some of the action scenes are better than a lot of Marvel action scenes. A lot of Marvel yeah. action scenes rely on just things falling down. But and it's the most up. generic plot, isn't it? Bad oh, guy, it's ridiculous. Take over the world. I think even like, the fact that they're after like powerful boxes, like that, is the whole of like the first phase of Marvel it's movies. Mad, isn't it? If you ever have a villain who's just description or personality is that he's just evil incarnate. And yeah, that's just a terrible destroyer yeah. of worlds. Yeah, it's like he's just evil because he's that's the way he is. That's why I'm so already so bored with the idea of Thanos in Infinity War. It's just yeah. like, it's like, what's driving him? Well, he's, he's just nothing. an evil. He's just a guy. Yeah, big purple boy. That being said, like I don't think I was as down on uh, Justice League as maybe other people on this team. There were parts of it that I I did actually really enjoy, mm. like the the section. Um, with the uh, the Amazonian women, where the mascara was great, the, that, the that cube, is a good scene. like running away that with that cube. Scene. Wow, that, yeah, was that was really amazing. amazing. Um, and there's like some jokes that I like cracked up out a bit. Uh, ultimately, yeah, a bit of a, a downer, but I didn't think it was. It's you know the best one they've done personally. I think yeah. the best one, but still bad in well, my opinion. In my I think opinion. Wonder Woman's better than that. Sorry, I haven't I seen. Haven't, I haven't seen, I haven't Wonder, seen Woman. Wonder Woman. To yeah. be fair, yeah. That's bad. We're yeah. I forgot we're yeah. sexist. So we yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's the only reason I didn't that. watch that. Took you a lot to admit the Amazon yeah. bit was good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's step one in my five step program. <laughs> step one of the Steppenwolf program. Hey, that's good. Is it though? I don't Stephen know. Wolf. <laughs> um, that's my feedback. It's all done. Well, did you like Justice League? Did you have a scooter 2000? Do you hate your dick? Get in touch. <laughs> IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Uh, that's all for this week. We love you, and it's great to see you. Bye. Bye. Play Doki Doki Literature Club. <laughs> Ooh. there this is justin bartha i made a funny new podcast king of the egg cream it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like lewis black i'm torn by my feelings for two women bobby cannavale you can eat it or if someone hits you you can put it on your cut melanie linsky i wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet jason ritter i can break things and pick locks and kill people michael stuhlbarg the whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better ari grainer no don't whet its appetite what are you an idiot me justin bartha that's not just any egg cream that's a lemke's special and all narrated by the hilarious richard kind this is the story of harry dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.